Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing, the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Got a great interview up there right now with Maureen McQuarrie, a fabulous YA author and friend of our guest today, as a matter of fact. And uh, But next, uh, well, let's see, in a couple weeks, I'll have my new interview with the British author John Lanchester. Got a chance to sit down with him when he was cruising through the States on his book tour. Fascinating guy. Meantime, go check them all out. There's all kinds of good stuff on there authormagazine.org and of course we're funded by the fantabulous authormagazine.org author excuse me oh, by author or by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association sorry i lost my mind temporarily Pacific Northwest Writers Association they've been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955 and they're still doing it and they got a great conference that happens every year in September yes it does and people are signing up Ooh, daddy, are they? They're already signing up for that conference. Here it is, only April, but they're doing it. And uh, you can too. It's not too late, not at all. And uh, they're doing that. So we've got the conference, there's classes. I'll be doing yet another fearless writing class. If you're in the neighborhood, I'll be doing it on, uh, well, May 18th. As a matter of fact, I'll be teaching fearless writing there at the PNWA. So if you're a member of the PNWA, you want to take a fearless writing class from me, you can go over to the uh, PNWA.org. You can sign up for that. All right. All right. All right. All right. Listen, speaking of the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, uh, I believe we're hoping, we're hoping today's guest will join Maureen McQuarrie and teach a class there. They, we're seeing if we can make it happen. Anyway, it's Stephen Wallenfels, uh, great guy. Got to meet him when he was uh, touring with, Maureen McQuarrie and uh, 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 oh, oh God, I'm blanking on the other person's name. It'll come. Nancy. No. Oh, Mary. Mary Cronk Farrell. That's right. Anyway, they were touring. Stephen, great guy. Stephen wrote freelance for health and fitness industry for 15 years before turning to no, uh, novel writing. And he has since written three novels. Uh, the first pod, second bad call, and most recently deadfall. And uh, his books have been described as gripping tightly plotted, and fast-moving. Can't beat that. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Oh, Stephen, I hope I make it through here. My mind is just, it's just all rattled, but that's okay. I'm going to come back to Earth. I'm going to come back, and we're going to have ourselves a good conversation. Uh, you and I did meet very briefly. Like I said, you were uh, the release of Deadfall when you were on the, the YA Survival Tour. Is that over yet, or is that still happening in spots? Uh, it, no, it's finished. We managed to survive the tour, um, <laughs> despite all the weather. Despite all the weather and hardships, uh, we we got through it. Uh, we had our last event um, uh, oh, about three weeks ago. Right. Okay. And and so uh, maybe describe that a little bit. It's you and two other authors, both of whom have been featured on Author Magazine recently, and you all write young adult fiction. And you realized something kind of cool about your books, didn't you? Yeah, well, we, you know, we had a discussion, the three of us, because we were trying to figure out how we can work together and yeah. uh, trying to come up with a common theme that we could use to link the, uh, our books together. 
And, you know, I, I, I said, you know, mine is about survival. Maureen, I, I knew Maureen's book really well, and, and hers was definitely about survival. And then I asked uh, Mary, you know, you've got survival in yours too. It sounds like a theme for the three of us. And we all agreed and we got pretty excited. And, uh, you know, at that point there, we said, yeah, you know, and then there is a whole idea of surviving uh, high school and surviving YA. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so then we, we turned into the YA survival tour and that was, uh, that was what, what we decided to market. And so the three of you toured together around the Northwest. Um, uh, how was that? Is this the first time you've done a uh, group tour with you and a couple other writers? Yes, yes, yeah? it is. First how, time how was it? Group tour. And, you know, it's, we kind of we heard that this is the thing now is for authors to tour as a group. Uh, yeah. It's easier for the bookstores and it's easier for the authors, and you tend to, you know, have a, a higher critical mass of, of people showing up for these events uh, when you come in this way. You can kind of cross market. Sure. And uh, it worked. It worked really well, except for the very first, uh, our very first event, which is going to be at the University of Washington Bookstore in February, and uh, it was right in the middle of a of a massive snowstorm that was gripping the Northwest. Right. And you know, we we had a big Skype the night before because you know the the, uh, uh, the interstate was closed and we had freezing yeah. rain warnings and avalanches and and car wrecks and. <laughs> And so it was looking like, like our, yeah, exactly. It was looking like our survival tour was actually going to, uh, to die before it got started. Um, but, um, you know, fortunately the weather seemed to, it, it cleared up. And then the following day we were able to make a dash over the, over the pass. And, and uh, I think our first one uh, was in Olympia and uh, that went, that went off really well. And then we had uh, the University of Washington bookstore and that's where I met you. That's right. And that yeah, one yeah. was very well attended as well. And then we, yeah. we were at um, Bainbridge Island after that. Well, all right. So let's back up a little bit. I mentioned in the intro, you, you, started, you wrote freelance for the health and fitness industry. Now, did you do that because you were a health and fitness nut yourself or passion about it? Or was that just something you fell into? Well, I've, um, I played uh, collegiate tennis on a scholarship uh, you know, through my college years and uh, um, you know, that led to a job as a tennis pro working at a health club. And I did oh. that for uh, 14 years. And Really? Yeah, yeah. So that, that was really basically what I did. And, I, and I've been working at a health club actually for 35 years. Um, and I do IT now, IT and, and graphic design. And I've been doing that for the last 15 years. But, but I wrote uh, for a health and fitness industry magazine called uh, uh, URSA, which is uh. the which is the, uh, the organizational magazine for the largest health club network in the, in the world. Really? Interesting. All right. So you, so you were, you were employed as a, a, a tennis pro and I, you know, tennis I've pro, interviewed yep. morticians, doctors, lawyers, pilots, but you're my first tennis pro. So it's good. It's good. We're just expanding, expanding the repertoire. Uh, while you were doing that, were you interested in writing? Was that something that was always on your mind or did you just fall into that? What was your relationship? No, with writing I, yeah. Then? I've always, I've always wanted to be a writer since I was a little kid. My very first, I got my very first paid writing gig when I was uh, eight years old. I, um, I wrote Whoa. a poem that, uh-huh. uh, that was published in a, in a book and uh, I got paid for that. 
And that's when I realized that, yeah, you know, I, I, can, I can do this for a living. And I was a little bit misguided at that time, uh, and I came uh-huh. down to earth quickly. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, then I took a journalism classes when I was in college. Uh, I got a degree in, in international relations with a minor in English and physical education. Um, and I also uh, took a lot of creative writing classes when I was there as well. So it's always been a passion of mine. And, and I was wrote my first novel. Uh, the actually the, the beginning of Bad Call when I was in college. Oh, okay. So you were your eyes were on writing, but but you needed a day job, and that's where being a tennis pro came in. That's right. Yep. Yeah, that's a pretty good day job. Yeah, it's a, definitely on your feet. Yeah. Well, it's something different. You're doing something you actually like to do. You're helping people. It can be fun. It can be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I'm just imagining. Uh, <laughs> so all right. So you do that and you start writing. So you're writing for the health and fitness industry. So you're writing sort of journalistic sort of stuff, right? Yeah. Well, I got, I got my, my entry into that because I wrote some, uh, some humorous essays. And uh, I sent a, a humorous essay off to this, uh, this uh, CBI magazine about, uh, you know, enduring a staff meeting. And, <laughs> okay. you know, they loved it. They loved it. And they said, yeah, we'd give us some more ideas. Give us an idea for, uh, you know, 20 more uh, humorous essays. So then I got my break of writing for them by writing humorous essays about the health and fitness industry. You know, I did another wow. one on uh, the world's most expensive uh, uh, health club when the, you know, when Cheops built its pyramid, it was actually, I wanted a health club inside of it. So that, that kind wow. of a thing. And, and it grew from there to feature articles. I've interviewed uh, Magic Johnson, oh, uh, cool. Donna Shalala. Oh, um, oh. Yes. I mean, I've done a oh, lot nice. of, uh, uh, yeah. Well, and so, uh, and so, but it must have been good because you started getting, I always think it's important that for writers to start beginning to go through the experience of having people read their stuff and to write stuff that, that human beings not that agents and editors aren't human beings, but they're reading in a very specific way, whereas the audience reads in a different way. They just want to be entertained or amused or enlightened or whatever. And so it must have been good for you to have that experience just to begin sharing your work and having it read, even though it's not fiction. Yeah, well, you go through the – there's two processes there. It's fun to have your your stuff read, um, but you're also going through the editorial process. Yeah. And that was a learning a learning curve for me as well. Um, yeah. As much as as much as I enjoyed my editor, I I I wouldn't always read the stuff that I'd written because uh, uh, it didn't always stay true to what I'd done. Oh, he was a really good yeah. editor. Uh, yeah. He was a really good editor. I enjoyed working with him for all those years. But uh, you know, I realized after going through that that I was more interested in writing fiction than I was writing nonfiction. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's true. I've worked with process. some editors. Where that where they make some changes and I'm like, I would not have ever said it that way. Never, ever, yeah. ever. I wish they had checked with me. I could have found a way to say it like I would say it. But such is the nature, especially when they're in periodicals when they're doing it fast sometimes and they just have to get it out. You know. Well, I think it's stylistically. You know, as a when you're writing, when you're writing that kind of an article, um, I can't be as creative as I would like to be. You know, I had right. to realize that I wasn't I wasn't writing for a, uh, a magazine like uh, like Outside Magazine, where there's right. a lot of latitude given to the authors to be creative. Right. And, uh, you know, so the journalistic style is a lot more formulated. And so therefore, it just felt like stylistically that wasn't matching up with my creative brain. 
your creative brain. Your creative brain was saying quietly, was it whispering, was it shouting, write a novel, write a novel. Come on, Stephen, you can do it. How was, how was, what was that like? Like, when did you finally say, you know, let's just do it. Let's, let's actually try and finish one and send it out. What was that journey like? Well, that journey was, uh, that journey was tough because I was, you know, I was making good money. They were, they paid me well. I was getting a dollar a word, which, Woo. which I was really happy nice. getting writing for that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, was, that was, that was good enough for me. Uh, right. Considering that uh, I, I published a couple of short stories that were like five cents a word. Yeah. So um, getting, getting, going from there to writing novels at the same time and working full time. You know, I was getting up at three thirty in the morning every day to uh, to uh, write this novel, and oh that was uh, that, that was that was a challenge. But that's pretty much what I've been doing for the past twenty years. Whoa! You still get up at three thirty to write? I do. Actually, it's closer to three. I found that I need that extra half hour. Oh my God! All right, you get the award. I don't know what the award is, but you get it. You're getting it. I know. I've been coveting this award. I don't know who else had it before me, but uh, I think I I definitely deserve it. (laughs) Wow. Well, you know what's interesting? I do tell my students, like, look, you say if you need time to write, quote, unquote, the mechanical way to do it is just to get up earlier. Like, that's the way you do it. You don't have to give it three, but usually five. But usually I'll tell you, and I don't know. So let me put this question to you. What I found is. I teach this thing called fearless writing where I help people with this sort of emotional blocks to writing. There's a lot of them. Um, And for Mm -hmm. a lot of them, it's finding time to write. And what I realized is they're not trying to find the time to write. They're trying to decide if writing is a waste of time because for a lot of them, they have a job and they're like, you know, what if this doesn't go anywhere and so on and so forth. Was that when you decided to get up at three 30 in the morning to write novels, did that thought ever cross your mind at all? Or was that, did that, that kind of, fatalistic projection not enter into the workroom? Well, you know, writers, we have a lot of pulls on our life. You know, we, we, there are a lot of directions that we need to go. We're, we're, uh, we have a family to raise and, and a husband to be and a friend to be, and you've got yeah. fitness concerns and, and work concerns and just all these pushes and pulls. And somewhere along the way, you need to find, you need to carve out the space and time to write. Yeah. And in order to do that, you need to somehow validate the time and yeah. the best way to validate that time is to be sending stuff out. And eventually, you know, you hear from an agent or an editor that says, yeah, I'd like to hear the rest of what you've done. And, uh, right. that, you know, that's the validation process of it. And, and I had done well in some competitions and had gotten some relatively encouraging feedback from, from agents that I decided to, to put some serious money down and go to a novel intensive workshop through the Highlights Foundation back in Pennsylvania. Ah, yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, uh, who was it that, who went to? Yeah, some, one of the other authors I interviewed went to that. I think she taught there. I think actually. Mary yeah. Mary Crank Mary Crank went there as well. Uh, oh, she did. Okay, yeah, yeah. But maybe there are others. I mean, it is a wonderful place to go to write, and it definitely turned my career around because I had a good opportunity there to meet with an editor, and and you have one-on-one opportunities with with uh, published authors. Yeah. And you know they oh, they it's taught Elizabeth me Rose Stanton. Elizabeth okay. Rose Stanton, the, the children's book author who lives in Seattle, she taught there. That's who it was. Yeah, she loves it. Yeah, it's a wonderful place there, and yeah. um, outside Scranton. Yep. 
you have, the, you have a little cabin in the woods and all the food you could possibly eat and no distractions. It's, it's, it's excellent. So you gave that to yourself. You said, I'm give, I, you know, cause that's like, that's money. That's time away. I don't know if you had kids at that time or what, but you know, you, 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 you gave it to yourself. That's pretty good. So you said, I'm really taking this seriously. Right. Well, that was funded yeah. by the, by the money I was making writing uh, for a CBI magazine. Ah, and I just good. decided I was going to use that to help launch my career. So, no, it was the opportunity that I had at CBI was great, and it, it really helped me finance my, uh, my novel writing career. That's awesome. And so you did, so, and was Pod the first book you really finished with the intention of sending out, or was it the second or third or fourth? Because sometimes it's a learning curve, you know? Pod was, Pod was originally a short story that I, that I wrote, and – and I just got such great feedback from friends that I decided to write it as a novel because they wanted it to be longer. And oh, so uh, wrote it as, I wrote it as a novel, and then I went to the Highlights Foundation uh, Novel Intensive Workshop. And uh, Stephen Roxburgh, an editor for um, um, Boyd's Mill Press, was there. And he was one of the people that was responsible for accepting people into the program. Mm. And, and he was the one who read my book that I had submitted. And so, uh, you know, we talked together at dinner and he asked me to send the book when it was completely done. And so I sent it to him and, and I actually, I faxed it to him, no email to him the day before, the day before Thanksgiving. And I heard from him the next day that he had read the whole thing and, and wanted to publish it. So that was wow. probably one of the best Thanksgivings ever. Wow. How nice is that? That, so that's great. So that was an effortless, that part was effortless. There was, no long, torturous route to publication. It was just bing, bang, boom. And, and that, <laughs> no, or was it? Not, no, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, the reason, the reason why I decided to go to uh, highlights foundation is because I had gotten so many rejections from agents and so many rejections from publishers uh, uh, that I decided <laughs> that I needed, I needed to find out what I was doing wrong. Why, you know, what is the fatal flaw in my writing? And what so I put it? down some money. Well, what was the, the fatal flaw? Lesson, the big lesson, lesson that I learned was psychic distance. And I'd never heard of psychic distance before. What? Tell me about but, it. But uh, that, was, that was what they said that that's what was described to me as my big problem. Okay. Describe, I, I have my guesses. I've never heard that term. Describe psychic distance to me. Psychic distance is when, let's say that you are, you are ground level in the story. Yep. And then you do some kind of a flashback and you go up to cloud's eye view, looking yep. down at the thing. And yep. then you go back down into it again. And, yep. you know, he said, you're just doing this too much. You're pulling the reader out of the story and then coming uh, back in again and out of the story and, in, and back in again. And, you know, flashbacks can be, can be one tool that's used, but often it's where, you know, you're just writing, you know, I went, I went there on a Saturday morning and that reminded me, it was like, two days ago I was doing something else. And then you do these little, these little meanderings and then you come back and that was my flaw. And so I really learned how to pick that out. And as a result of that, uh, I kept the reader in the moment a lot more. So I think, I think that was a very valuable. Well, and you're writing suspense too. You're writing young adult suspense and that you do want to keep it, you know, you want to keep them, you want to keep like on the roller coaster. You want to keep their heart pounding. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a age group that needs to be engaged fully. Right. Right. 
Well, that, you know, I have to tell you, it seems like an easy fix, quite frankly. I don't mean to minimize your challenges, but as fixes go, it's not like you had to learn to write uh, dialogue or you had to, you know, understand how to plot a middle. You just had to keep them in the present moment, right? At ground right. level. Right, exactly right. Nope, that was yeah, very but- easy for me to go back in and catch catch all those moments in psychic distance and I have this 80-20 rule, you know, you do something 80% of the time as opposed to 100% of the time. And uh, I went, I went and removed 80% of my psychic distances and um, yeah, it, 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 it's done well and it's served me well ever since. That's awesome. Okay. And so, <laughs> and you, and, and you knew, like, did you know you wanted to write for young adults? Was that cause you were at the highlights thing and that's for children and young adult. It's a young person's reading writer, your uh, group. Um, magazine and so did you, was it always were you always interested in writing for young people or is that you know that just seemed to be where your stories fall how did that work well um a couple of reasons one of it is that i believe reading is vitally important and that age group doesn't read enough and i and i just knew how important reading was to me it was my right refuge it was my yeah it was my sanctuary when, when I was able to, to write and it helped get me through some difficult times growing up. So uh, I wanted to write for that age group. I wanted to write books that they would want to read. And that was, that was part of me writing for the YA age group. And the other part is, is that I have a, you know, I wanted to have an environmental message in my, uh-huh. in my very first book pod. And yeah. uh, I felt as though the age group that I wanted to reach was young adults. And so I kind of kept it with that voice. Do you hope to reach a, I interviewed Owen Colfer who wrote, who writes the, um, Oh God, it's been so long since he, um, how he writes about this sort of young supervillain, but who's a nice guy secretly. What's the name of Owen Colfer's book? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. It doesn't matter. And he said he wrote his first books because he wanted to write for young boys who didn't want to read. Like that was his target yeah. audience. Yep. Uh, do, do you hold that in mind as well? I do, yes. But it's still hard to reach that age group. Yeah, yeah. Hard. Well, you can lead a horse to water, you know. Yeah. But that is but part of your goal. I mean, and so when you meet your readers, are uh, what's the breakup gender-wise in the audience? Huh. Well, pot, I would say I had a good amount, but that was science fiction. I had a good amount of, of male fans who reached out to me with that book. Yeah. Um, but then with, with Bad Call, which was about uh, three, or actually four high schools, high schoolers that go backpacking to Yosemite National Park, and three of them were boys on a tennis team. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I feel as though it's probably, in, in, at least relative to the fans and the reviews I saw online, I would say it's probably 70% girls. Yeah. Females. Yeah. They just read more. They just read more. Yep. They are the readers. Uh, that's interesting, but you hope to pick up some, some of the guys you hope to. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Yeah. That's my goal. But it's, 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 it's tough. You know, I think that, that uh, it's, it would be a lot easier for me if I understood the gaming world better and I could do some oh, kind of a, a book yeah. that involved the gaming world more. Um, you know, but my I don't. sons, my sons read a ton of manga. They love in the manga. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, that's sort of an offshoot of comic books. I also think men, not, not to go into the weeds too much here, but a lot of men like to read nonfiction, like histories and 
political stuff that I think they're less drawn to fiction than women are. It seems like, although that I read fiction growing up, like that was it. That was all I, that and poetry was all I read, but I was a little different. I think maybe. I don't remember growing up. I don't remember the franchises being so big, you know, the, the series, there are a lot more standalone books that I like to read. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's been an evolution in the industry, and now it's everything like, like, you know, books one, two, three, four, five, and yeah. six in a series. Yeah. Well, I think that's economic. I mean, I read fantasy when I was a teenager, and they did a lot of stuff in series, you know. Right. Um, but once I left that, which I did by time before I left high school, I was done reading fantasy. There was no, you know, I was just reading literature, essentially. And of course, there's no series there. Actually, I had kind of, I was, I was allergic to anyone writing something for young people. I thought if you're writing for my age group, you know, I didn't read Catcher in the Rye until I was 40 something. Cause I just, oh my. I know I was just, I was stupid. I don't know. That was just how I was. Um, well, that's great. So, but, so do you get, cause I, the one thing I, I know about being a young adult writer is you get to more so than if you were writing for adults, you probably get to actually hear from your readers because young people do write to their, the authors they like. So do you get to hear from them, emails and such? Well, there's the, there's the odd thing. I heard a lot of readers uh, from Pod, and Pod was published overseas, I think uh, five or six countries. and Oh, no, actually, no, five or six languages and, and uh, multiple countries. Uh, and I've heard from them, so I, I can basically say I've heard people from all over the world. But uh, Bad nice. Call, uh, I've heard from probably about, you know, less than 20 fans. And oh, they were all, they were all girls. Uh-huh. And, which is interesting because, because three, of my, three of my characters are high school boys. And interesting. then with, uh, with Deadfall, which came out in December, I've had two, uh, two pieces of fan mail for Deadfall, and they were both girls. <laughs> That's it. Well... There will be more to come. Interesting. Well, all right. And, and, and they, do they, are they, they don't call it right to criticize, do they? Or do they, are they actual fan no. mail or do they have suggestions? No, yeah. <laughs> no, they're, they're actual, they're actual fan mail. Um, you know, I think part of, part of the, the, the writing for YA, and this is where I think I get into trouble is because I have very adult themes right. and I use adult language and yeah. in Deadfall, I have, um, you know, I, I have drug abuse, I have sex abuse, I have uh, uh, human trafficking, I have murder. Wow. Whoa. So, I mean, I, I have a lot, of, a lot of things going on. And I have a, you know, I have an agent in, L, in, in New York, a literary agent. And I also have a, a manager in Los Angeles. And uh-huh. the two of them disagreed as to whether or not it should be a um, – or at least there was a, a long discussion as to whether or not it should be adult or YA. Yeah. And since my first book with uh, Bad Call came out as YA, they decided to go uh, YA with the second one because it yeah. supposedly would provide more support. But I think it probably, in hindsight, it probably should have been adult as opposed to YA. Right. But, you know, I wonder how that, because, I mean, I know that Deb Coletti, do you know Deb? No. You met, yeah. So she, you know, she writes, YA, but she also writes adult fiction. The reason Random House wanted to do her to do, start doing adult stuff with them is because they knew her. I mean, really, she's like new adult is the, I guess, the, te- the little, you know, more pigeonholed right. on her because her protagonists are always late teens. Um, they figured she, they knew a lot of her readers were adults. Um, 
you know, because a lot of adults do read what they call YA. Do you think you're getting adults reading your stuff? Yes. Yes, I yeah. do. And that's, and that's the, um, that's the problem. And yeah, so the that's book the I'm, problem? I'm, I'm, I'm writing. Yeah, that's the problem. I'm, so, you know, I'm writing, I'm writing YA characters with YA subjects and, and adults are, are the ones that are reading it. And the problem yeah. meaning that I probably should have been as an adult uh, book instead of, instead of YA, because right. I'd be reaching a, a different market. It would be marketed differently. Right. And so I'm writing, I'm writing an adult novel now. That's, that's my next project because um, I just think that it's, I don't know, the YA market is, is, is tough. And you know, the well, YA characters that I write are, are not like your typical, um, I guess your typical stereotypical YA character that you see in Hollywood these days. Well, and also suspense is, is a good, I mean, it is a good market for, it is a good genre for the adults for sure. It's a yeah. very much more adult. Well, all right. Interesting. So you're branching out a little bit. That's good. Now, if people want to learn about you, I have one more question but before I get to that. If people want to like learn about you, want to find out about your books and all about you, where should they go? What's the best place to learn about Stephen Wallenfels? Well, I'm kind of a recluse on the internet, but the best place to go to start would be my website. That's stephenwallenfels.com. And uh, cool I do have a face. Yeah, I know. Really? You can't um, do that. You're in yeah. YA, dude. <laughs> I know. You be all over the internet. Hence my choice to go to adults. Yeah, there you go. Um, Maybe it's smart. Yeah, well, actually, I, what I'm really doing is going into screenwriting. That's a, that's a better place for me, I think. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, oh. and then I'm, I'm on Facebook as well. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, and I also, I'm also on Twitter. Um, Excellent. And, all right. You know, I, I do about one Facebook post a month. <laughs> Okay. Oh, boy, you really are. Okay. Well, yeah, you should be in screenwriting then because they, yeah, social absolutely. media doesn't matter at all. <laughs> that. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, I've got one more question for you. What I want you to do is finish sure. this sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? I'm going to say discipline. You know, yeah. it, it's taught me to, if, I, if I'm interested in something, if I want to pursue it, I need to be disciplined about it. If you're not disciplined with writing, you're not going to get anywhere. No, no, you got it's an everyday thing for sure. Well, a man who yep. gets up at three three in the morning to write is probably pretty disciplined. So you've learned that lesson well, my grasshopper. Disciplined or crazy. <laughs> well, that's true. Maybe it's hard to tell the yeah. difference. Okay, Stephen, thank you so much. Congratulations on Deadfall and good luck with the next project. Great. Thank you very much. I appreciate the uh, opportunity again. Take it easy. You too. Bye. Discipline is discipline. Sometimes discipline is getting your butt in the chair. Sometimes discipline is only telling, well, sometimes it's a combination. Sometimes discipline is only telling yourself the stuff you need to hear. Like you can do it. Like if you stay with it, it'll get better. Like don't worry, you'll find the story. You got to be disciplined, not just in what you do, but in how you think, people. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Okay, I'm taking next week off. I'm going to be in Providence, Rhode Island. So I'm not going to do the show, but I'll be back. The week after that, interviewing another fabulous author. I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Everybody go out there and do something you love.